In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yesterday, we gathered to remember and commemorate All Saints' Day, a day when we recognize, remember, and pay tribute to all our ancestors in the faith, the people who have gone before us that the church honors and from whom we can learn from their pattern and their life and example. Some are the white-robed martyrs. Others are confessors and doctors of the church. And some are common, ordinary people, just like us, whose love of the Lord Jesus Christ permeates everything they did. It is a grand and glorious day when we recall many of the capital letter S saints who have helped to usher the church to where it is today. But today is different. Today is not so much about St. Peter, St. Christopher, St. Joan of Arc, but about those people whom we have known personally or are important in the life of this congregation. Today is when we remember corporately as a church those people who have died who rest in the hope of rising again, but who mean a great deal to us. Today is when we remember and pray for our mothers and our fathers, our wives or our husbands, our children if they have predeceased us. We remember our friends our school teachers, those people who showed us Christ by their very living of their lives. Here at St. Christopher's, we remember people like Dick Mosier, Liz Coulter, and Joe Burton, to name a few of the recently departed. Some of our Christian friends from other traditions question why we do this. Why do we pray for the dead? Why do we worry about days like today or the anniversary of someone's death? Why do we hold requiem masses like we are doing this evening? And why does any of this even matter? First, we must turn to something Jesus said when he was being questioned by the Sadducees. In the Gospel of Mark, the Sadducees, and we must remember that they didn't believe in the resurrection. The Sadducees came to Jesus and posed a somewhat ridiculous question about seven brothers all marrying the same woman because the other brothers had died. Part of Jesus' answer 
cuts through the question of marriage and instead moves to what death really is. Jesus reminds the Sadducees that whenever God addressed Moses from the burning bush, he identified himself as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And the key phrase that Jesus says is this. He is God, not of the dead, but of the living. Jesus was telling them and us that even the patriarch of our Hebrew scriptures, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, are still living and still known to God. When we die, it is an earthly and temporal death. Our bodies cease to have life or breath in them. And the body, our bodies, actually change almost instantaneously. It wilts. It is like a flower that has served its purpose, but now must return to the earth. But our souls live on. The very essence of us as we know each other, our personalities, our knowledge, some have even argued, our essence, our soul, lives on. Now, we don't know exactly how this happens or what occurs. It is one of those mysteries. But we understand it in faith. And based on what Jesus has said, Based on the writings of Jews before him and saints after him, we know this to be true. Remember our reading from just a few moments ago. The souls of the righteous are in the hand of God, and no torment will ever touch them. And because we live on, because we are kept in the presence of God until the full restoration of creation, we pray for them because we love them. And we want those who are still alive in spirit to continue to grow in God's love, to be made more perfect now than they were here. We know this to be true. St. Paul, writing to the Romans, asks the question, Who will separate us from the love of Christ? And he begins a litany of things that we find distressing. Hardships, persecutions, famine, nakedness, peril, sword. And we can add to it our daily woes and trials that we experience now, 
like COVID-19, debt, homelessness, mental anguish. But St. Paul says that beyond those worries of this life, that not even death, not even death, can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Death is never the final answer. While death can be viewed both as a friend to take someone out of deep pain and misery who has suffered from a long illness, or as an enemy who robs us of the life of a dear and loved one, death is not the final end. One thing that we sometimes gloss over in our reading of Revelation is that Satan, the devil, is not the final enemy to be destroyed. Instead, John the Revelator says that death and Hades are destroyed last of all, signifying that life eternal, which has always been our deep human desire and hope, is finally obtained through our Lord Jesus Christ's victory over sin, death, and the grave. And remember that even while he was dying on the cross, Jesus promised to, the, to one of the malefactors that he would be in paradise that very day with Jesus. And so, We gather, like we have today, to remember our dead. For some of us, the wounds of grief may be rather fresh, and we feel lost, perhaps without purpose, because for so long we were a caregiver. For others, It may be that we are trying to overcome a death that occurred a few years ago, perhaps even an unexplained death that happened a decade or more in the past, and we are still searching for answers. Some of us may be here not out of grief, but out of our need to give thanks to God For the life of someone, or even several people, who have meant a great deal to us, and who we miss, but also whom we know are resting in the presence of Jesus. In this time, let us commit ourselves to prayer, and giving unto God through the death and resurrection of his Son, our Lord, all of our hurt. 
our anguish, even our joys, and offer them unto God. Jesus himself knows the grief that death brings. Remember how moved, even angry, Jesus was over the death of Lazarus. It is one of the few emotions the gospel writers record about Jesus, that he wept at the grave of Lazarus. He knows our pain. But then, let us pray for all of the departed, that they may continue to grow in the grace, knowledge, and love of God, and as they rest and sleep in Christ, that they may continue to be made perfect in Christ, made perfect through Christ. In requiem masses like this one, when a body is present, there is a closing prayer that is said, sometimes chanted by a choir, as the body is born out of the church. Let this be our prayer tonight, particularly if we are still grieving or asking hard questions about the death of our loved ones. Into paradise, may the angels lead thee. And at thy coming, may the martyrs receive thee and bring thee into the holy city, Jerusalem. May the choirs of angels receive thee, and may thou, with Lazarus, who once was poor, have everlasting rest. Amen.